This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. If you haven't heard about Anchor, let me tell you, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Check this out. It is free. No, I'm serious. It's free, 100%. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor then distributes that podcast for you, and you can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can also make money from that podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Beep, you missed the, uh, the Garth Brooks song, man. I just got done with it. That's why I came in late, Crispy. <laughs> and welcome back to Lower After Hours. We are thrilled to be joined this week by none other. Uh, quite frankly, I would place her at the peak of our uh, prestigiousness mountain because she is a recent Emmy winner. Is that correct, Jen Lotta? Yes, I won my first individual Emmy on Tuesday night for a feature that we did last fall. I was, I was so excited. I, I cried. Like, uh, full disclosure, I cried. Yeah, give her a round of applause, everybody. Come on, unmute real quick. That is amazing. Yes, absolutely amazing. All right. So you have, uh, for, for Levitard listeners, obviously that's the show that we're kind of, we have formed around so to speak you have filled in quite a few times on air uh for the radio show and uh we we basically i i, I looked at your your espn uh kind of dossier of what you do at the network and obviously you are a reporter and you are a host for espn primarily on college game day um and and around you know college football and stuff can you give us a quick rundown of everything you've done at espn so far Yes. So if you took a dartboard and you put every single show that is on ESPN in one of like the little segments and then you just kind of like haphazardly chuck (laughs) darts at the dartboard, you would have a pretty good idea of the things that I've done at the network (laughs) in the past year, in the past five years rather. So like most people are aware, but I got hired to be Colin Coward's co-host. Oh, wow. Okay. Colin Coward left and went to Fox like... (laughs) Six days after I signed. What? Really? Yeah. So like I've told this story before, but I was sitting in my new home in Connecticut. We had just moved from Chicago to Connecticut Uh to take over this Monday through Friday, 10 to 1, like really sweet, right? Perfect hours for having a family and all that type of stuff. And I am staring up at my ceiling as I get a call from one of our talent people and it's seven o'clock in the morning in Connecticut. And I happen to know that he happens to be out at the ESPYs in California. Right. So it's like four o'clock out there. So I was like, hello. 
He's like, hey, I just wanted to tell you, we just found out Colin is going to sign with Fox. We wanted you to hear it from us and nobody oh, else. Oh, man. Um, but, but don't worry. Like, we're going to find something for you. And I was right. like, here's what you can find for me. Like, <laughs> you get back to Chicago. That's I was about to say, they lured you They lured you out of Chicago, like one of America's great cities, to Bristol, Connecticut. And, uh, and then, uh, just, you know, drop that bomb on you. Good Lord. Exactly. So that wow. was very tricky. Um, so, but, th- but they did. Um, I started hosting baseball tonight, and then I got a radio show, which I will be the first one to admit was an abject failure. They paired oh, me with no. George Sedano, and George and I didn't know each other at all. Um, right. There's a lot. There was like a dynamics thing, like we didn't know each other, and like he has a very specific style of radio. Sure. And anybody who's a fan of Levitard has seen George before. Very different than my style of radio. So it was like very jarring and it was not good we just didn't click so and that happens sometimes there's just no chemistry yeah absolutely in the radio space and so they pulled me off in december so i got hired in july i'm doing baseball tonight shows right for that entire fall Mm -hmm. they start with the radio show in like september and then in december i'm off the show And it was one of those like don't call us we'll call you type of things so i am like freaking out i'm like oh my god I got hired by ESPN. They told me, like, we'll let you, we'll call you, right? And you just felt right. like you got your walking papers already, like six months. Yeah, yeah. So there was some movement at the network. Like, Carrie Champion was moving to Sports Center, and Tony Collins, who you guys are big fans of as well and have had on the Good show, work. she was moving out of the digital space into Sports Center. So there was a spot in digital, which was, which was a big priority five years ago at ESPN. And so I, like, called people up and was like, hey, I've, been, I've done television for 20 years. Like, can I do some digital work for you guys? And they were like, absolutely. We have a whole, like, let's do it. So I think there were a lot of people at the network who thought that I was like an exclusive radio talent because mm-hmm. I got hired for Colin's show. So yeah. then it was like, oh shoot, she can also do television. And then that kind of translated and transpired into some other opportunities. Gotcha. And long story short, I've done just about every show on our network. Like right. I've done features for NFL Countdown. I obviously do game day. I've hosted Sports Center. I've done Outside sure. the Lions, Baseball Tonight. I hosted Get Up um, like a handful of times when they were <laughs> making the transition. So like the good news is I'm extremely versatile. Um, the bad news is I'm not the host of anything. Uh, <laughs> so it's like, it's a well, weird spot to be in. Clearly you're getting your reps in to a degree that, that you will, when you do have your own property with your name front and center, you are going to be so well-versed in, in, uh, in every uh, audience and every format possible that it'll be good. It will absolutely. I actually have a name just so you guys are aware for when I do get my own show one day, okay. whether that's a radio this show. Is break, this is breaking news. Show. Is this exclusive? But I'm going to let y'all in. I don't know how many okay. people are out there, but I'm going to let you all in on this secret. It's going to be, latitude <laughs> i love it so that that is how you pronounce your last name not lotta but latta correct yep okay okay so and i always tell people if you lived in boston and you were climbing a <laughs> latta yeah <laughs> all right fair enough i love it i love it well uh jen again thank you so much for joining us we're going to uh kick it off so we are going out to pam uh i believe she's got a uh, question about careers pam go ahead Hey, Jen. Hi, Pam. Thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely. My question is, you are obviously extremely busy. You're a mom, you're a wife, you're a career woman, you're doing all kinds of crazy things. What is your self-care? 
how do you make sure that you're okay so you can be the best for everybody else? Um, that's a really, really great point. I was actually talking to one of my girlfriends today about that. For me, it is doing just that. It's reaching out to my girlfriends. It's having conversations. It's kind of complaining about whatever is bothering us that day or that week or whatever to each other, giving each other helpful suggestions on how to handle certain things. Like my girlfriend was like, I'm done making dinner. Like I've been making dinner for five months of quarantine. I'm not doing it anymore. My kids can fend for themselves. And I was like, cool story. I went to Costco the other day and I bought their fettuccine Alfredo, the lasagna and the tilapia in the pre-made sections. And that's what we're eating this week for every meal. So, you know, like trying to just share some helpful tips. Um, I run, um, I've been a runner my whole life. So I have, I've had a love hate relationship with running, but certainly over the last six months, I've grown to love it again. It's an opportunity to get out of the house, kind of reset a little bit. So that's one way I do that. But I also find, Pam, that I am much, much better running at about 110 RPMs, like I, or miles per hour, whatever the RPMs are. <laughs> Eight RPMs, you know, 80 miles an hour. Um, because that's just when I'm the most efficient. I find when I have a lot of downtime, I'm not really good at managing my time. So when I have a lot of things on my plate, I kind of click through them. Boom, 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 boom. Uh, and then I crash at the end of the day. <laughs> so I go really, really, really hard and then, you know, crash. Awesome. Oh, that's, thank you. Thank you. That was yeah, great. Of course. <laughs> Definitely identify with that uh, methodology for sure. All right, we're going to go to Aaron in Memphis. He's got some college football talk. Go ahead, Aaron. Hey, Jen. So this is a kind of a multi-part question. So I just want to start off by saying that normally with college game day, when they're at a place when with fans that I don't particularly care for, I don't like watching it. But when y'all came to Memphis last year, I loved it. I thought it was awesome on Bill Street. And so I just wanted to know about that experience. And also just your thoughts on uh, Lane Train, the Lane Train's uh, most recent stop in Oxford and how you think that might work out. And if you've ever gotten to be in Oxford on game day. I have never been to Oxford. And unfortunately, I didn't get to go, Aaron, to Memphis last year cool story not so much but I had incredible uh, complications with my pregnancy last year and I was put on bed rest for the final I would say 10 weeks of my pregnancy so I was not allowed to leave I was in the hospital a lot was not allowed to leave my house and certainly was not allowed to travel for game day I was still doing pieces um, was still doing interviews via Zoom. So I was all prepared for this quarantine, by the way, because I would do, was doing interviews with players and coaches last year over Zoom for my features, writing the stories at home, tracking them at home, and then I, I didn't present any of them. Uh, Reese just presented them for me. So I apologize for not having the experience there. I did get a chance to interview Lane Kiffin, I want to say two years ago, um, when he first took over the job down there in Florida, and he was great. Um, I have this affinity for flawed people, um, cause I think that more people are flawed than perfect. And so I really like Lane Kiffin. Um, I know he's made mistakes. I know at times he has, you know, his ego has gotten the best of him. Um, but I actually think that he has owned up to some of those errors. Uh, there's no question in my mind that he loves football. 
Uh, there's no question in my mind that he's an incredible offensive, you know, mind when it comes to the game. So I'm pulling for him as well, you know, at this new stop. But I also would like to see people like cut him some slack. Like he was incredibly young when he got some of those first opportunities. And I think about the mistakes that I made when I like first got into this industry and how like, you know, whatever market I was in 133 and how like 11 people were watching, right. When I was making my mistakes, which is very, very different than like when Lane Kiffin is making mistakes or getting his ass chewed out by Nick Saban you know, on national television. So I'm rooting for him and, and kind of would love to see him do well. Well, thank you for coming on with us. Of course. And I love your background. Thank you. Thank it's you. That was the best. Iconic moments on game day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was, that was uh, the best game day moment pre, pre, pre gen. Oh, that's a nice thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, Aaron. And up next, we've got Steve and Steve is in Bristol, Connecticut, a place you might be familiar with. Steve, go ahead. Yeah, we, we don't appreciate the slander here in Connecticut. <laughs> Although Chicago- See, for what it's worth, for what it's worth, when we moved back here to Wisconsin, which is where we live now because my husband covers the Bucks and the Brewers, I was really, really upset because I loved our neighborhood. I loved our community. Um, my kid was on a baseball team in Fairfield, Connecticut. We had great friends. Um, so it was a it was tough to leave, if I'm being honest. Well, Chicago is my favorite city in the world, so I, oh, I, apologize. I, I apologize what you have to do to, to come out here. Uh, so my question is actually, is Bristol related? So I want to know, uh, I assume you spent a couple nights at the Bristol Doubletree. Any, and, well, and even more so now that I'm going back and forth. So any, uh, what's the biggest people you've seen down there, like who you've been most starstruck with, uh, ESPN or not related? I've seen Rex Ryan there. Right? So it's always weird to like roll out of the elevator and be like, whoa, hey, Rex. Um, Mark Schlereth back in the day would, would be there for a few days. So he and I would grab drinks and kind of talk about the business. Um, I feel, oh, I've seen Lewis Riddick at the Doubletree. So that's probably about as big as it gets. And listen, just so you guys are aware, the fact that I even saw those three people when I was there is pretty much a miracle because I'm one of those people when I get to a hotel, I'm like, head down counter like very minimal exchange like hand me my keys and and again i'm acutely aware guys that some of that is because of what aaron andrews went through with her stalking experience years ago um so me and my girlfriends who are in this industry are very adamant about like when you get to a hotel like you don't want anyone to really know who you are or recognize you you request that they do not say your hotel number your room Mm -hmm. number out loud out loud yeah Um, and little things like I always ask for an extra key card and I put it over the peephole, which again is probably overkill, Smart. probably unnecessary, but just not at all. Another sense yeah, no, no, you, you should, you should absolutely yeah, do that. Like a sense of comfort. Um, and so like little things like that, where you're just, or you never get into an elevator with another person. Like if someone's in the elevator, you kind of take the next one. So, um, we're, we're very aware of how vulnerable we are in those positions. So we kind of take precautions. I'm sure that had nothing to do with what you were wondering, Stephen Cat, but... <laughs> took a dark turn. I don't know what to say now. I know. It's, uh, it's interesting you say that. I actually travel with tape so that whenever I get into a hotel room, I just put tape over the, um, the people all the time. Mm, y'all but, didn't know that we had to do that stuff when we traveled, did you? No. <laughs> It's 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 a smart move. Before I throw it to Cat, just a quick question: uh, Was it Lewis Riddick or Lou Riddick that you saw 
in the uh, in the bar that night. Well, once you've hung out a few times, it's Lou. It's Lou. Okay, gotcha. He is just the coolest guy. Okay, like, <laughs> sweet. You're around him. You're like, I don't think I'm cool enough to hang out with this guy. But I'm <laughs> fake it until he realizes it. Awesome. Well, we're gonna stick with uh, Stephen Cat right now. Cat is up next. I believe she's got a marathon question. Go ahead, Cat. I do. So I know that you've run um, quite a few marathons and some triathlons. I personally, I run a couple half marathons, nothing official, just sort of on my own. And I'm uh, entering my first official half marathon in October for the Hartford Marathon. And I'm debating about whether or not to do a full marathon, but I was hoping you could answer honestly and just tell me how brutal is that second half of the marathon? Because I just, I finished the half marathon and I'm like, I can't believe this is half of anything. It's like, it's torture. So how, how much is that, that, that second half? How bad is it? First of all, I am 100% confident that you could do it. Like no questions asked. Wow. I can just tell like by your demeanor and the way that you carry yourself. Like if you put your mind to something, you can accomplish it. Oh, so yeah. I would tell you that you should do it. If you have a goal of doing a marathon, absolutely. I would tell you though, do like a big one. Like, like if you, again, it's such a weird year, right? Like everything's canceled, everything's virtual, but like do New York or do Chicago or like go to Miami or something. You know what I mean? Like make it a big thing because the crowd is what makes a marathon like bearable. Um, the, from mile 16 to mile 26 is pretty rough. Um, I always make a habit of running more than 20 miles. I've done 22 when I've trained for my marathons because there's something mentally about like only four miles left, that's a lot easier than six miles left. You know what I'm saying? Because people are like, oh, make sure you run 20 miles. No, man, that's still a 10K left, right? So from like a mental standpoint, I always run 22 because for some reason, like a four miles feels like five, feels like three miles and three miles is just a 5K, you know what I mean? And like, so like mentally you can trick yourself. But when you're really struggling, the crowd energy will pull you through. It's like somebody has a hook attached to your chest and it will just like drag you the rest of the way. So you can do it. I have no doubt that you can do it, especially if you're running 13 miles on your own, like you'll be fine. But I would tell you like make a big deal out of it because it's a really incredible accomplishment. Thank you so much. Um, now I feel like I'm definitely, like, I have to do it. Gentle to do it. <laughs> I feel inspired. Does anyone in, have in Eye a... of the Tiger? Can we queue up Eye of the Tiger? For... <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if we can play that due to copyright reasons. I don't want to get in trouble. Dun, 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 dun. We could all un, we could all dun, unmute dun, our mics dun, dun. together. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> dun, dun. When we get to our when we get to our uh, our in house lawyer, we'll ask him what his opinion is. Uh, we actually have one of those, um, even though he claims that he's not our legal representative. I can promise you this, guys. If you ask me to sing a song, you'll never have to worry about copyright because it won't sound anything like the song. <laughs> anything like it, it will be unidentified. Will always be. Are you sure that was that song? Well, that's good to know. So, so when we when we get sued, they won't be able to identify it in court, right? Yep. Okay. It's good, good strategy. To know. Good to know. All right. Uh, up next, we are going to go out to Jags Man for some Jags talk. Barrett and Duval, go for it. What's up, Jen? So, Hi. I first off, I really appreciate you coming out here. I'm sure you're going to get that 20,000 more times on this Zoom. But a little birdie told me that you're a big Chicago sports fan, and the Bears have dealt with what my Jags have dealt with recently. That's a killer defense with mediocre quarterback play. 
Now there's been a trend. Oakland had their year, then it was ours. Chicago, then it was their year. Who's going to be the next team with the stellar defense and mediocre quarterback play? And why is it the Bills? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish I, first of all, I wish I could. Okay, first of all, let's do this. I'm going to show you guys. I'm in my basement right now. And since someone brought up me being a Chicago sports fan, we're going to do a little panoramic here of my Chicago Sweet. sports stuff. Okay? Let's do it. I'm going to see my basement. I'll walk you over here. Okay, we have this. Okay, now my husband works for the Brewers. These are actually movable depending on the standings in the division. So, you know, <laughs> That's amazing. 13 and three Cubs are atop the standings currently. Appropriately um, this so. I got during Last Dance, total nice. impulse buy. Matt Caesar, <laughs> former Cub, is a great artist. He did that. I have this on this wall. Okay. My This is all of our uh, pictures, family pictures. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I, did I scroll past that one? That one's kind of important. <laughs> Chicago Cubs winning the World Lovely. Series. And then over here we have our Blackhawks with the Tomahawks. All right, so and then my husband has his signed Ice Cube album. I can tell you guys that story a little bit later. Okay, we were talking about um, why is it the Bills? Here's the thing about the well, Bills. Well, you, you can really say whatever team you want. That that was just my thought. I actually like Josh Allen. I mean, I think he's got it. I mean, does he have to get better? Yeah, he does. Does he need to work on his touch? Absolutely, he does. But, like, you can't find arms like that everywhere. He's got an incredible arm strength. So I'm actually kind of – I'm kind of riding with the Bills this year, which is crazy to say. Beyond that, I really don't know Dick about the NFL right now. Um, <laughs> um, Wait, that, that's not I getting edited out. I'm so heavily on college football, and we've been following, obviously, what is happening with the league shutting down and – I was supposed to be responsible for the Midwest this year um, because we're regionalizing our coverage, right? Like, you know, Gino's out in Arizona, so he was going to kind of handle some of those teams there, and I was going to handle the Midwest, and Ronaldi's out in New Jersey. So we were kind of like, you know, and then I got kind of my uh, – the rug pulled out from under me on Tuesday when all of the teams that I was kind of connecting with and finding stories from decided right, they're right. not going to football this fall. So uh, beyond that, go Josh Allen. <laughs> right. thank you so much that backfired a bit but i still appreciate your time <laughs> <laughs> all right up next we're going to go to lou rafter aka bruce and sales go ahead lou hey how's it going hi good to see you good first of all i think it really sucks the all the amount of things you guys have to go through to go to the hotel and i'm glad that you can share your stories because uh us men need to realize that and stop being dicks that's um, a great point. <laughs> but, my, uh, but my question is, uh, does thought require language? Does, I'm sorry, you have to repeat that <laughs> Does thought require language? <laughs> what is that second word of the question? I thought it was T-H-O-T, and I don't think we're allowed to say that, so... <laughs> T-H-O-U-G-H-T, like thought, thinking? Thought. Yes. Yep, yep. So much better than what I thought he was saying. Oh, no. Does thought require language? Yes. 
No, because I have an eight-month-old who I don't think speaks. She doesn't speak yet, but she has thoughts, right? Like, um, so I think you can think in, I don't know what the language would be. I don't know. I, I'm going to say no, but I'm not sure why. How's that? What do you That's think, good. Lou? <laughs> um, no, I, I think thought and language are different. Good. Okay, because, good. Um, because, now I, now um, I feel smart. Good. Well, because Helen Keller couldn't speak, she didn't have anything. And so, you know, if language is a spoken word, so we would be saying if thought uh, doesn't require language, then we would say Helen Keller um, didn't have a language or thought. God, yeah, exactly. I, I'm with you on that. That was a lot deeper than I was anticipating getting. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that I didn't crack open that truly that I was going to on the call because I can't even imagine how the direction this would have gone had I been a drink or two in. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, Stone Cold Sober, you thought it was a completely different question there at the beginning. Uh, this is a slightly different spelling, and that could have gone off the rails very quickly. All right. <laughs> um, I do just want to point out uh, American Sign Language is a language, uh, Lou. So uh, with your Helen Keller example, I don't know if that counts or not. We're going to have to discuss this further in the chat. We will come back to it. We will revisit it at some point. Next up, we have got steak out in Albuquerque. Steak has a game day question. Go ahead, Steak. Hey, Jen. I want to uh, apologize for that question for Lou. Sorry about that. But uh, <laughs> believe fine. it or not, that's not the worst question he could have asked. That's true. <laughs> um, <laughs> I got two questions for you. Um, one, your your best atmosphere at game day you've seen and your all-time Cubs starting lineup. Oh, God, all-time Cubs starting lineup. First of all, I have to start thinking about that. <clears throat> um, okay. Best game day atmosphere I've ever seen. So I was at the national championship this year in New Orleans, which is pretty badass because New Orleans is a party in and of itself, right? Then you add thousands of college football fans and the game that like is for all the marbles. I don't know that I've ever been around electricity like that. And I covered the SEC championship game and that was electric in Atlanta as well. But there was something about New Orleans that just, I think, took the cake. All-time Cubs lineup. So now I'm like going around the diamond and I'm going to cheat on you on this one. I apologize, but I have to go with the lineup that won the world series. Perfect. Like, right. I mean, I obviously could sit there, there and try to like figure out who I want in right, who I want in center, who I want in left and all that stuff. I will say this, my all-time favorite players for the Chicago Cubs, uh, Anthony Rizzo is one of them. He's just a good dude. He just really is heart of gold, funny, uh, charismatic, kind uh he and his wife i'm good friends with them we text back and forth i've been checking in to see how they've been doing in this insanity um and they're trying not to lose their minds just for the record um i also am a huge fan of ryan sandberg i was a big mark grace fan when i was a kid uh and rick sutcliffe but my favorite cub of all time is andre dawson uh he was my uh, favorite player when I was a kid, so I always remember her like having this really strong affinity for him. So then I started learning about him and obviously the idea of him going to Wrigley Field because he wanted to play on grass because that would be better on his aging knees. Obviously, he's a former MVP. So he, the crazy thing is the first time I ever got to talk to Andre Dawson was when Ernie Banks died because I was hosting the um, wow. Comcast Sportsnet uh, coverage that night in Chicago, we had all of these Cubs greats calling in. 
And the first time I ever got to talk to my like childhood idol was when Ernie Banks died. So you can imagine it wasn't exactly what I was looking, what I was hoping for, but it was still pretty unique. Mr. Cub. All right. I wasn't sure if Steak had a, a follow-up comment to that. Sorry. I tried to give I everybody... Like Steak is like getting his walk-in too while he's <laughs> doing Oh, this. he does. He's he's always on the move whenever he has... These. I think because he does these while he's at work, so he pretends like he's going out and like, you know, taking a smoke break or something like that. We all have to kind of figure out how to uh, ninja style work these into our lives because... They, they won't get mad at me. They won't get mad at me <laughs> if they think I'm exercising. So I just walk around. <laughs> <laughs> you're just just bettering yourself absolutely awesome your steps up <laughs> all right uh speaking of uh i just heard john from miami's voice i'm gonna throw it to him next john go ahead hi uh good evening so um i was wondering for for the hopeless romantics out there uh can you tell us how how your husband convinced you to uh start dating him maybe when you were uh reticent to do so and, um, you know, maybe some stories of how he wooed you. Uh, well, I would argue that he's still working on that, to be honest oh, with you. Damn. And any of wow. y'all who are married, you know exactly what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> it's that whole, God, I love him so much. I fucking want to kill him so much. Um, and I don't know if we can curse, so I apologize. You, have you, to you absolutely it can. Fuck yes, you can. Um, um, so my husband and I met at Lambeau Field. He worked for the ABC station in town and I worked for the Fox station in town. I was recently separated from my first husband. Um, we have a little boy together. He's currently 11, which is crazy. I can't believe that my son is 11. Um, but um, I was not interested in dating. You know, I, my priority was my job. And my priority was my child. So he um, kind of, he always tells the story about how he, um, we met and I introduced myself and he was like, yeah, I know who you are. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> you know, like smooth. I was like, okay. So then he reached out to me the next day and sent me an email and it was like full of typos. And I was like, what is this guy's deal? <laughs> like, um, and if you know me, I'm a bit of a wordsmith. So like, you know, typos are not the way to my heart. <laughs> so, um, I responded and I was like, Hey, no problem. Like, great to meet you. Um, you know, let me know if you ever need anything, that type of thing. So then he reached back out and was like, hey, do you want to grab coffee? And I just didn't respond because I was like, eh, I'm not, I'm not doing this. So then um, we ended up covering the entire Packers run to the postseason and sitting next to each other in the press box, which is because they set up the local affiliates next to each other. So we were in Atlanta, we were in Chicago, and then he went to cover the Super Bowl and I didn't. I stayed here in Milwaukee. And then we ended up seeing each other again at a party like a few months later got to talking and finally I gave him my number. I was like, yeah, okay, let's see. You know, like it's been a few more months. It was like, it was like March or April, something like that. And, um, and then he was late to our first date by like a good oh, no. five minutes. Um, and he says that he told me that his show went longer than mine, but I don't think he did because it, because then I would have been like, oh, we'll, we'll do it another time then. So he didn't talk. <laughs> so I just sat there at the pizza place like, is happening like, where is this dude? um and that was um like almost 10 years ago now so oh, wow. um yeah and uh we've had an interesting relationship and when i say that because a lot of it was long distance um he got a job at espn and i got a job in chicago so we did long distance for two years and then he moved to chicago with me and then i got the job at espn and he got a job in new york so while we were both living in connecticut at the same time like he was working 
sports hours, right? Like he was leaving the house at three o'clock in the afternoon and, and battling traffic all the way to Manhattan. He went to Chelsea, actually Chelsea market. And then he'd get home at like three in the morning, you know? So like, it was just a really weird existence. Um, so we were talking the other day about how now we live here in Wisconsin together. And it's literally like the first time when we, and I think it's for a lot of people who are in our industry or similar industries, the quarantine shut everything down. And now you're in your house with your spouse and you're like, oh God, like, can you go somewhere? I know you can't go to work. I know you can't, but can you just go somewhere else? Um, so that was actually really good for us. It was kind of like a marriage boot camp, you know, that we didn't have to pay for or go to like a exotic <laughs> island like that movie. <laughs> um, with a couple's retreat. It was like that without the, without the uh, sandy beaches. Nice. Um, so, so yeah, I would say, um, if I would tell you what not to do, it would be do not send typo filled emails. <laughs> also the whole, I know who you are thing. While it sounds charming, it actually comes across as creepy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I could imagine. Yeah. So don't, don't slide into the DMS with poor grammar and, uh, and, and just, uh, pre- even if you do know who the other person is, pretend to get to know them. Yeah, don't, right. don't don't let on you've been creeping their social media (laughs) i will say this guys i'm really lucky like because we're both in the same industry because we both cover sports we have a lot of conversations about sports uh he has a local radio show so we talk about topics all the time um and and there's kind of an understanding of the demands of the industry as well right and so you kind of understand like like stupid stuff like hey i gotta go buy another suit you know like yeah i get it like you're on television five days a week probably need another suit you know, also it's been quarantine and we've been eating like slops. So yes, you know, by all yeah. means, hit up the sale, you know, whatever. Hit, hit the tailor up, let that, uh, let that jacket out a little bit, maybe, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to have to get a lot of my, uh, my formal wear tailored after this whole quarantine thing. Okay. Up next, we are going to Morgan in Australia. Go ahead, Morgan. Hey Jen. Thanks for joining us. Hi. Um, oh, I love your hat and your sweatshirt. Oh, Thanks. I, I don't like to mix teams, but then I had to because um, I was going to wear just the LSU t-shirt, but then I put the Cubs hat on. Um, so just in regards to like what you were t- talking about with Danielle, like are we ever going to get to a point where we don't have to be nice? If a man doesn't have to be nice and doesn't have to be approachable, why do we have to be approachable? Like don't tell me to smile. Like that you don't, that's just not a thing for a man. Like when are we ever going to get to a point where we can just be equal. That's such a great point, and I appreciate it so much. Um, I don't know the answer to that. I do my very no, no. best to try. No, I try. I do my very best to try to like set a good example. I have two daughters, one who's eight months old and one who's two years old, and you would be blown away by how much of a sponge that two-year-old girl is, right? Like, I put makeup on, and she's like, "Where are you going, mommy? Why are you putting makeup on?" Like, and then how do you explain that to a two-year-old? How do you explain that, like, well, mommy feels like she looks better when she has makeup on? Well. Do, do I need makeup on? <laughs> Can you go somewhere else now? <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, it's complicated. It's really, I mean, and there's a lot of those types of standards that women feel like they have to, you know, reach or kind of achieve or, you know, hold themselves to. Um, so I am one of these people who talks about reframing 
So one of the things that my girlfriends and I talk about are those words that you hear in our industry and others about like women who carry themselves a certain way, right? So like when people are like, hmm, she's a little much, right? And again, that's why I was being cautious about the words I was using even with Danica Patrick, right? Because again, I understand that like edge you have to have because people will try to roll over you, right? Like steamroll you. Um, it was more of like, when given the opportunity to connect with somebody, you could just tell she didn't want to. She wasn't interested yeah. in it, you know? Um, and so I always talk about- It doesn't about, help the cause. It doesn't, right. It, it, exactly. And, it's the, and look, I'm a female in a male-dominated industry as well. Like, And I'm not saying like you have to be like sisterhood type of thing. No, but just like, you know, we could help each other here a little yeah. bit, you know? Anyway. It doesn't hurt. Um, so reframing. So like people who talk about women who are- um, aggressive like she's a little aggressive i always say oh she's very assertive right it's like changing the words we don't use the term bossy in our house because the last thing i want is for my daughter to think that being strong-willed is bossy right even even when she starts ordering her brother around who again is like nine years older than her by the way (laughs) Um, so i think it's just trying to be a be good about like the example you set the conversations you have and and whenever i have the opportunity even with male co-workers just saying to them like you know we need these type of women we need people who are strong and we need people who are opinionated we need people who are um going to kind of push the status quo um and and i hope morgan that it will get better i think it has gotten better um i don't think that this upcoming election is going to be great for us um from a vernacular standpoint from a narrative standpoint i think it's going to be one of those things again where it's going to be traumatic Right. Because we're going to hear all the reasons why women aren't capable of doing certain things or women shouldn't be in certain roles. And what are you neglecting when you're chasing certain career goals and all of that type of stuff? So I'm like trying to like steal myself for some of those conversations because I know that like they'll cause like emotional and mental pain for me. So and I think there's a lot of women out there who are going to experience that. Yeah. Which is just awful. And like even where I live, like we had a female well, right, right. prime minister. You're in Australia, and, right? And yeah, and they treated her disgustingly because she was a woman without children. And so she was called Baron. And this was the leader oh, of our country. Like, I, I, like you wouldn't Lord. treat somebody else like, like it's just disgusting. Um, and yeah, that wasn't that wasn't even my question. I was going to ask about Alice. No, I swear. <laughs> but, but I just felt that, I don't know, like, I think it was great. When, yeah. When you when you're constantly like you're you don't you're treated like you don't deserve to be there or that you shouldn't be there. So you have to prove yourself and you're you do get defensive because nobody is accepting you there. So you're like always like being defensive. I understand that, but at the same time you could just try to connect with people. And also I would tell you, Morgan, be cautious of who you're allowing to inf- to impact you, right? Like there's a saying, and I know I'm going to screw it up, but it's something like, don't take criticism from someone you would never take advice from. Right? I feel like maybe I didn't mess it up. Yeah, no, that's good. <laughs> Did I get it? Yeah, you nailed um, it. You got it. Um, so I think that's good as well. Like, I always talk about with interaction on Twitter and things like that, like, be conscious of who you're allowing into your space. There's so many now... Um, filters that you could even put on interactions like one of my girlfriends showed me the other day is if somebody has less than a certain number of followers or if somebody doesn't have a profile picture like <laughs> you don't have to ever ever hear their comments like that's a filter <laughs> on twitter that i had right. no idea existed and i was like that's brilliant or if a, if a account has only been set up within the last 30 days 
Right. You can click a thing on there and you'll never have to hear their commentary. And like, again, is, is it censoring people? Yes. But what it's doing is it's protecting you from hearing people who really haven't earned a voice in your space. But that's all right. Like if I wanted to have a conversation in my house, I don't have to let the next door neighbor join in. So. Right. Yep. Right. Um, but I wanted to know, um, which college football team do you think was the best that you've seen? It was definitely LSU last year. Thank you. Thank no you. That's a great asked. answer. No questions asked. I mean, and I think it's crazy <laughs> how much, like, we haven't really thought about Joe Burrow's situation. I know it's come up maybe once or twice, but, like, in this current climate with college football, right? Because what was Joe Burrow before this season? Like, yeah, he, you know what I'm saying? No yeah. one knew his name. He was a kid who hadn't cut it at one school and transferred to another school and was trying to make it, you know, and and while people will say, oh, I knew when I saw him, you know, back in the day and all that stuff, like he hadn't put the film on tape yet. So like, would he have been the number one overall pick? Would he have been the top quarterback to go? Who knows? So no, they, they, were, they weren't even putting him in like the first round. It's before crazy, isn't it? So now they're yeah. talking about how that's going to affect this year's like seniors and kids who would have had the opportunity this fall to really make some strides you know, gain some traction for the upcoming draft. That's an interesting dynamic. And I wonder like how we'll look back on that. Do you think it was because he was like 17 years older than everyone else or? <laughs> he was 23. <laughs> like he was a grown ass man. Like there were, there were quarterbacks in the NFL that were younger than him. That's true. There were several. Um, yep. I will say this. I was watching Hard Knocks the other day, and the, when they announced Justin Herbert's birth year, I almost fell off my couch. I was like, you <laughs> need to know that Justin Herbert was born in 1998, the year that I graduated from high school. Wow. Good oh, wow. Lord. Um, I, I live so far away that Hard Knocks is not on until Sunday. Oh, <laughs> so, so don't tell me what happens, guys. Well, let me just give you a tip. There's a lot of coronavirus content. Oh, yeah. According oh, no. to Chris Cody, there's a lot of um, this is where you sanitize your hands and stand there and don't stand there. So I'm just thrilled. I can't wait. You will get a kick out That's of That's not what I haven't had enough of. Morgan, I think you'll get a kick out of Casey Hayward. Um, he was a former Packers player, so I knew him like briefly here. Um, but he really, really, really is afraid of Q-tips up the nose. Like that's one thing I took oh. away. Oh, and he gets hit. But he gets hit for a living. He's scared of a Q-tip. Oh. <laughs> oh. Imagine oh, being I, that precious. I can see why Morgan likes the show, you guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I'm sorry. Oh. I'm not very nice all the time. But I really appreciate you being here. <laughs> like. It's been wonderful. Thank you. That's so nice of you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Lauer After Hours. You can always reach us on Twitter at Lauer After Hours or Instagram at Lauer After Hours. We're available wherever you get podcasts, so don't forget to download, subscribe, review, and rate five stars. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. 
relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.